Welcome to Victory with Paul Doherty, pastor of Victory in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services, Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Pastor Paul has a great message for you today, and I believe this message is going to make an impact in your life. The word of the Lord is the invitation. If you're taking notes this morning, you can just title your notes, The Invitation. Luke chapter two, if you don't have a Bible, we're gonna put the scripture on the screen so you can follow along. But Luke chapter two, verse eight says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby. So these were nighttime workers, they were on their night shift. Here they were, they were uh, uh, tired. Anybody ever worked the night shift before? I used to work it a lot in college. I had a few different jobs and they, they always gave me the night shift. And it was, a, usually when I was working, I wasn't married at that time, so I was lonely. I was thinking about a girl, thinking about Ashley. I was tired, I was ready for my shift to be over. I couldn't wait to get out, I was a little moody. You know, I, I, I didn't always have the best attitude working late at night. So I think about these shepherds and I put myself in their shoes because every year before I was the pastor, I got casted as the shepherd boy in the Christmas play. Like every Christmas, Victory did a Christmas play, I was casted as the shepherd boy. No matter how hard I tried out for the Joseph role, they never gave it to me. Or baby Jesus, I didn't get that. I was like the shepherd at birth. And, and even when I was 25 years old, they were like, shepherd boy. I was like, what? Come on, guys, I'm getting old enough to play Joseph. I'm getting old enough to be a wise man. You know, they're like, no, he can't grow facial hair. Give him the shepherd boy part. <laughs> so when I read this story, it means a lot to me because I'm like, I remember what it was like to be a shepherd <laughs> in the Christmas play. And I, when I played the part of the shepherd, I was always trying to outdo the other shepherds. I was trying to outdo all the other actors. I thought there were scouts out here and I thought I was gonna get picked up to go to Hollywood. So I would be out there just going like this, and when the angel showed up, I was like, you know, I was getting all into it, and the directors every year like had to come to me, and Ryan Stafford, he would say, now Paul, you need to know your role. You need to know what parts you are. You're not the main character, so I need you to calm down with all the, the big expressions. You're stealing the show from baby Jesus. I need you to just calm down and know your part. So I think about these shepherds, here they were, they had a part to play in the story and we're about to find out what their part was. That night, they're guarding their flocks of sheep and suddenly, everybody say suddenly. suddenly. An angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified and so would you and I be. And the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I love that the first words out of the angel's mouth is don't fear. Did you know in the Bible there are 365 times where God uses an angel or he himself speaks these words, don't fear, don't be afraid. That's a don't fear for every day of the year. No matter what's going on around you, you don't have to be afraid. The angel said, I'm bringing you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The angel was saying, I got a reason for interrupting your night shift. I got a reason for interrupting you men at work. I've got not just some news, I've got good news. It's gonna bring great joy, and it's not just for you, it's for everyone. And he says, tonight, today, the Savior, yes, the Messiah of the Lord, has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize Recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined with a host of other angels, the armies of heaven. I love how God calls the angels the armies of heaven. 
I, I wanna tell you this morning, we are surrounded by the armies of heaven. He's watching over us. You got an angel with you right now. You don't even see him, but he's there. He's protecting you. He's watching over your family, watching over you. And it says these armies of heaven, they began praising God with a loud voice saying, glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned back to heaven, the shepherds looked at each other and they said, let's go. Everybody say, let's go. In other words, the shepherds, they were accepting the invitation, the heavenly personal invite from God. The shepherd said, let's go to this party. Let's go see what the, what the Lord has told us all about. They hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing Jesus, the shepherds told everyone, they told everyone what they had seen, what had happened to them that night. And all who heard the shepherds were astonished at their story. You know, one version says, all who heard the shepherds' story believed it was true. That's powerful. These shepherds must have been pretty convincing. See, when you're really convinced, it's easy to convince others. When you're really convinced about something or someone, it's easy to tell other people and, and to give it such a great invitation to them that they believe that your story is true. But Mary pondered these things. She kept them in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Lord, speak to us this morning. Let us leave different than the way we came in. Let us hear your voice. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you are saying to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever found out about something that was going on that everyone else was invited to, but you didn't get the invite? Has that ever happened to you? That's happened to me multiple times in my life. In fact, when I was a kid, this used to happen. I would find people would be talking about some party. Man, wasn't that, wasn't that a great birthday party that Daniel had? And I'm like, wait a minute, what birthday party? My, my invite must have gotten lost in the mail. I guess they had the wrong address, you know. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what happened, you know. And, and I'm thinking about it like I didn't get invited to the party. In fact, this happened two weeks ago. I was with a group of friends. We were at a victory football game, and they're starting to talk about this tournament that our church is doing, this football tournament. And I'm listening. I'm like, what, what tournament are you guys talking about? And they're like, oh, yeah, victory's doing this intramural football tournament. I was like, sweet. Am I invited to that? Because I'm the pastor of victory, and I didn't even know about this. And they all start looking at each other like, did you invite him? Did you invite him? Is there room on your team? No, my team's full. I can't use Paul. I can't use Pastor Paul. And I'm like, Coach Jerry, come on. I played football in middle school. I was one of those, I was the third string quarterback of the, the varsity football team at Victory. You know, and I'm trying to convince them to invite me. And then it's, it's awkward because they're like, oh, now we're obligated to invite him to play. And I was like, just forget it. I'm gonna start my own tournament and play without you guys. And I didn't do that. <laughs> so my brother got to play and, and he won the tournament or, or he made it to the championship. He lost in the championship game. But the point is this, I felt rejected. Have you ever felt rejected before that you didn't get your invite? See, when I was younger, my parents, they played a big role in the invitation. They would look over the list to see, is Paul and John including everyone that they need to include? 
Are they only inviting a few or are they making room for more? They would look at our invite to make sure we had the right details on there, what time the party started, where it was gonna be, whether or not to bring food, whether or not to bring a gift, whether or not uh, uh, to bring kids. And when Ash and I, when we go to parties, we are always asking these questions. Who's, who else is invited? What's this party gonna be like? Should we bring our kids? And they're like, no, don't bring your kids. Okay, all right, should we bring a gift? Should we bring napkins or Coca-Cola? Or what, what should we bring to the party? And all these questions pop up. And today I wanna answer these questions. The first question, is, what are we invited into? Make no mistake, an invitation has been sent out from heaven. An invitation has been sent out. What are we invited into? You know, when I look at this Bible, I would give a nickname to the Bible and I would nickname it the invitation. Because from Genesis to Revelation, it's an invitation to know God. It's an invitation to experience the power of God. It's an invitation into the adventures with Jesus. It's an invitation from Adam and Eve to know the intimate relationship with God. It's an invitation for Abraham to leave a, a land of comfort and to step into the unknown. It's an invitation for Joseph to trust God. It's an invitation for Moses to leave this stuttering, stammering wilderness and to go into Deliver the Jews out of the hands of Pharaoh and deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. It's an invitation for Joshua in the promised land, an invitation for Esther, an invitation for Nehemiah to rebuild the walls. Every story in the Bible is an invitation from God. I think about when we get to Jesus and the shepherds had been invited to come and see Jesus. They had been invited to see who Jesus was. When Jesus steps on the scene, he starts inviting Peter James, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and what was he inviting them to do? To come and follow me. He was inviting them on an adventure. He wasn't inviting them into a religion, he was inviting them into a relationship. You need to know what you've been invited to, because if you have the details wrong, you might not show up to the party. I don't know about you, but I look at those invitations. I'm thinking, is it worth my time? Should I really come to the Christmas play? Is it, is it really gonna be that good? Should I come to your party? Is it, is it worth my time? People around the world are asking this question, what are we invited into? And I'm telling you this, we've been invited into the greatest party of the universe. The greatest party that's going on is right here. What is this party? We've been invited to know Jesus. We've been invited to leave fear and to come into a party of faith. We've been invited to leave depression and to come into a party of great joy. We've been invited to leave negative news and to step into the good news. We've been invited from fear to faith, from worry to worship, from anxiety to peace. We have an invitation to know Jesus, to know his power, to know his presence. And maybe you forgot what it was like to fall in love with Jesus. Maybe you forgot that 20 years ago you accepted the invitation. Today I just wanna remind you what you're part of because it's special and the world is waiting for an invitation. There are people dying desperate to know about this party that's going on every Sunday here at church. Desperate to know about the story we're gonna tell next Sunday at our Christmas play. They wanna know what's real. I had a friend, I still have this friend. I don't know why I said I had this friend. He's still in my life and I was talking with him this last week. He goes to our Bible college and God has done a crazy good work in his life. But I need to back up. He grew up at Victory his whole life. He went to church here, went to school here. And when he got to his senior year, he was so burned out 
Over the years, it wasn't like anybody told him this, but he had developed this sense that God was all about rules and regulations. That the invitation to, to be a Christian was an invitation into religion, into rules, do's and don'ts. You can't do this, you can't see that, you can't think about that, you can't say that, don't do that, you won't be a Christian if you do that, and it was all about rules to him. And so he was done with it. As soon as he graduated, he got out of Tulsa and ended up going to Nashville. And when he was at age 20, he was making $1,000 a day. That's $360,000 a year. That's a pretty good amount of money. And, and I was shocked when I heard this 20-year-old friend of mine is just rolling in the dough. He was spending it on everything. He got a girlfriend and they were getting drunk and getting high. They were buying the best drugs and he was buying really nice cars. And he said, I was living high, literally high and in charge, but I was empty. I had everything, but I was missing something. After a few years of dating this girl in Nashville, finally they, she broke up with him, and he hit, a, he hit the bottom of the pit, depressed. He ended up coming back to Tulsa just to see if there were any of his friends that he could get drunk with, get high with, and a lot of his friends didn't wanna do it. They had moved on and matured in their life, and many of them had developed a personal relationship with Jesus, and, they kept saying, hey, bro, you need to come to church with me. I've been to church. I know what that invitation is about. It's about rules and religion, and, and I don't wanna do that. I wanna live free. I wanna be in charge of what I do. I, I don't wanna be under that, 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 that rules and regulation stuff. And they said, man, I don't know what happened, but I think you got the wrong invitation. You need to come and know who Jesus is. You need to experience Jesus for yourself. He said, fine, he cussed at him all the way to church, but he came here, he said, during church, I was cussing the whole time under my breath, just mad, just angry, didn't wanna be here, but at the very end, he came down to the altar, recommitted his life to Jesus. He's been serving Jesus this last year, has had a radical change, he helps lead worship at, a, at an opportunity that he does for teenagers, he's going to Victory Bible College, he said, Paul, I think I was under the wrong invitation. You need to know the invitation you've been invited to, that it's an invitation from religion to relationship. You need to know what this is all about. It's about Jesus. I think about my friend AJ, who now serves on staff here. AJ came here when his parents divorced and he moved here from Wisconsin. And as a young teenage boy, he was at Victory Christian School and his mom and him were doing everything to stay in school here. His mom was working two jobs as a single parent mom. He was working the night shift at Reesers, bagging groceries as a 13 year old boy, just trying to pay his way through Victory Christian School. Every month he was getting a late notice on his bill, but they kept pressing through, kept pressing through. And finally, when he got out of high school and went to TU and graduated from TU, he went through a journey of discovering who God was. He went through a journey of, 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 of learning how to forgive himself of some past mistakes. He went through a journey of trying to figure out what had happened between him and his mom and his dad and all that stuff. But God has done an incredible work in AJ's life and now every week he's speaking into single parent mom kids and, and boys and girls and he's leading them into this invitation to know Jesus and to make Jesus known. And guys, all of us have a story. Which leads me to the second question here. Who else is invited to the party? Who else is invited? To who else has this invitation been sent? The angel said to the shepherds, I'm bringing you good news that brings great joy to all people. Everybody say, all people. Everyone is invited to the party. When I was in seventh grade, I invited a few people to my birthday party, 
In fact, I invited about 20 and only two people came and it was a very sad birthday party. And from that year on, my dad and I talked and he said, Paul, I think you should invite more people. I think you should draw a bigger circle. I think you need to let more people come. And year after year, I kept making a bigger list of people I was inviting to the party until my senior year, I got on the intercom of our school and I invited K4 through 12th grade to my birthday party. And my parents didn't know I was gonna do that. And that night, hundreds and hundreds of boys and girls, teenagers, moms and dads, grandparents showed up to Paul's 18th birthday party. We packed out my dad's house and my mom was so overwhelmed. She had to order more Mazio's pizza and make more cookies. But you know what? Something happened that night. I realized this is the God we serve. You know what God used Jesus to say in Luke chapter 14? He said, the party I'm throwing is for a full house. I want you to invite everyone, compel them to come. Go out on the highways and the byways and, and bring people in so that the house of God may be full. Every seat in this auditorium has a name on it. Every week I pray for these seats. And we have been empowered, guys. We have been empowered to bring the invitation to others. You have been invited to invite. You've been saved to save. You've been rescued to rescue. Everyone's invited to the party. When Ashley and I are going to a party, we call up and we say, who else is invited? Is John and Sharissa invited? Is AJ and Amber invited? Who else is coming? Can, can we bring some people with us? Who else is coming? That's a question we need to ask ourselves. Who else is invited to the party? And the answer is everyone. Luke 2.17 says, when the shepherds experienced this story, they told everyone about it. They told everyone. Not just the down and out, but the up and the in. God wants everyone to come to the party. I think sometimes we think, well, do I deserve to come to the party? Have I worked hard enough? Did I earn it? There's an old Christmas song, maybe some of you guys remember it. You better watch out, you better not cry. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list, checking it twice. Gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Here's the, here's the creepy part. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. We won't sing the rest of it. It's a cute song but really bad theology. And a lot of people take that song and they think this is, this is the way God is. God sees us when we're sleeping. He knows when we're awake. He knows when we're being bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Because if you're bad, you're getting calls for Christmas this year. No presents for the people on the naughty list. But when I look at Luke 15, and that chapter just jumps off the pages at me. It's a chapter where Jesus tells three stories. The lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. In all three stories, there's this thought, we've gotta go and find who's missing. We've gotta find who's lost. We gotta find who's not here yet and bring them in. Everyone's invited to the party of God. In fact, Luke 15, one says Jesus was hanging out with notorious sinners. He was hanging out with people on the naughty list. He was hanging out with people that weren't invited to the Pharisees' party. Because when Pharisees and religious people threw a party, you had to be on their list. If you weren't on their list, you weren't invited in. If you hadn't done enough good deeds, you didn't deserve the gospel. But Jesus came to say, it's not about what you deserve because salvation is a free gift. 
You can't pay for it. You can't have enough good deeds to deserve it. You didn't earn it. Jesus gave it freely to all of us, and all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and yet he has invited us in by his great mercy and compassion. On the cross, Jesus made a way for all people, sinner or saint, to come into the party. And that's a good place to say amen. amen. Who else is invited? Everyone. Even the people who sin differently than you sin. Sometimes we think, well, Paul, they've, I mean, they've made some really dirty, dark, sexually immoral, unclean sins. Are you sure we're gonna let them into this party? God sees sin all the same. Sin is sin. Whether it's the sin of jealousy, the sin of envy, the sin of pious self-righteousness, that was my sin as a teenager. I thought that I had earned God's grace. I had read enough chapters. I had read my Bible twice that year, memorized a lot of scriptures. I was religious, and I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. I was riding on the coattails of my parents' relationship, secondhand relationship, and for me, it had become a religion. It had become about behavior, good works. I've only watched PG movies this year. I've only listened to Christian music this year. I've read my Bible twice, I've memorized scriptures, I've, I've done all the good things. I deserve heaven, I deserve heaven. I've worked harder than all the other Christians in my class. I needed a revelation of the grace of God because my sin was just as bad as the guy who was sinning in a very dirty, immoral way. Sin is sin. And we've been invited into the mercy and the forgiveness of God. You know, the thing that happened in my friend's life who left church and ended up coming back and now it is in Bible college. He said, now I see the word of God where it gives me commandments. It's not rules and regulations. It's boundaries for the blessed life. I said, that's it. Because if you look at it the other way, you live under condemnation. But when you come into the word of God and the relationship with Jesus, he starts changing your life and you start seeing these commandments about not stealing and not killing and not being covetous, not being jealous. And you start realizing, of course, because that's the way to a blessed life, to live in the obedience of the word of God. But we don't say, get your act together and then you're invited to the party. We say you're invited to the party and when you get here, your act is gonna change. We don't say, you gotta believe before you can belong here. We say you can belong before you believe because as you come into this house, something's gonna change in your heart. Something's gonna change in your life. The last question that I ask when I go to parties is what should we bring? What should we bring? Ashley and I are always asking, should we, should we bring the kids? No. Should we bring pop? Should we bring corn casserole? Should we bring some pie? Should we bring some ice cream? Should we, what should we bring? And if you're a good party goer, if you've been invited to some parties, you need to ask yourself this question because people are gonna wonder, are they bringing anything? Are they bringing a gift? Should we bring a gift? You gotta ask the question. And I want us to ask this question today when it comes to church, when it comes to this Christmas production we're doing next weekend. What should we bring? What should we bring? What would make God smile next week? What would make God smile this Christmas? I mean, I, I can think of a few things. One of them we've already done today, giving our finances to advance the kingdom of God. That, that's huge, that's huge. But another thing is bringing someone to Jesus. When the shepherds saw Jesus, they couldn't contain their excitement. 
They had to tell others about it. They had to talk about it. Have you heard about Jesus? Can I tell you what he did in my life? Let me tell you my story. Their story was so convincing, people were astonished. They believed. Who are you telling about Jesus? When I was a teenager, I found this pizza place that I just loved, and I'm not gonna tell you the name of it. If you wanna know, you can ask me after church. But I really like this pizza place. And I started telling all my friends about it. They started getting their pizza there. Then I started telling our school about it. They started catering the pizza in. Then I told ORU about it. ORU made a deal and started catering the pizza. I was making this pizza place so much money and they never gave me a dime. <laughs> I'm not bitter, I release it. But I actually didn't care. I didn't care that, that I wasn't getting any, anything out of it. Because for me, I just liked the pizza. And I liked seeing other people enjoy what I enjoyed. Isn't it special, like all of us at Christmas time, we wanna give a gift. Sometimes we're obligated to give a gift because they gave us a gift. But we all want to give a gift to someone that means something to us and we wanna give them a gift that they like. We wanna see their expression. Did you like what I got you? I spent a lot of time, I worked hard on that. I really thought about you. The greatest gift you can give your neighbors, your family, your friends is the gift of Jesus. It's the gift of the invitation inviting them to church. You say, but Paul, I've invited them over and over and they haven't come. Don't give up on them. There was a little boy in our school that made an impact on his family and we got it on video. We wanna show it to you. And before you see it, I wanna show you a little bit of what to expect next week and then you're gonna see the story of the power of an invitation. Check this out. My name's Jay, and earlier this year, my wife and I were going through a real dry spiritual season uh, of our lives. Uh, during this time, my son Brady was going to kindergarten at Victory Christian School. One day he came home around Easter time, and he was so excited about this Easter production, God Saved the World. And he came home with the card, he's like, Dad, we gotta go, we gotta go. And I'm like, okay, okay. We walked out that night, and we just, we were so overwhelmed by the love of God for us. And secondly, we knew that we had to be a part of the story that God was writing here at Victory. So our lives were changed, all because a five-year-old boy would not stop inviting us to an Easter production. And now we're inviting people because we know there's so many people that don't know Jesus Christ and don't have a church home. We believe God can use an invite to change lives and this is such a powerful opportunity to do that. Yes! Jay! What a great story of his son Brady reaching out. 
You know, right now, here's what I want us to do. There's invitations at the end of our rows for this Christmas production. It's gonna be a party. Next week, people are gonna give their life to Jesus. I want us to pass these invites down the row. Everybody take more than one, because this week, my challenge for you is to invite someone to believe. Invite someone to this opportunity to find Jesus. Invite someone to belong. Invite someone to Jesus. And so these invites are going down the row, and if you don't have them on your row, we're gonna get some out in the lobby, so that way when you leave today, you can grab a handful. You know, a year and a half ago, at one of our plays, on a Saturday night, a family in our church caught a hold of the responsibility to invite. And they each took it upon themselves to invite two or three people and say, will you sit with us? And if you sit with us, we will take you to dinner after church. They ended up giving, getting 17 people who had not been going to church to come and sit with them. They packed out two rows, 17 people. Then they took them out to eat afterwards and a few of those people gave their lives to Jesus and that family was able to celebrate being part of a story in someone's life. It's one of the greatest things. My friend Eric, who serves here in our youth ministry, he's been witnessing to some guys where he works out at his gym. And one of the guys accepted the invitation. At first he was kind of fighting it like, nah, I don't really go to church. I don't really, I don't really feel like that's important to my life. I don't really have time for that. But Eric wouldn't give up. The guy's been coming now. He's been inviting his friends. He's given his life to Jesus. His friends have been coming to church in the 11 a.m. service. Now he's serving in the youth group. You have no clue whose life you could impact by simply inviting them to church. You might say, well, Paul, I, I'm not a good talker. I'm not good at inviting people. I'm, I'm not the best at starting a conversation. I'm very to myself. That's simple. All you gotta do is hand them the card. Even if you're not a good talker, just say, just give it to them. And if you feel like you can open your mouth, just say, come to my church this Christmas and give them the card. That's not that hard. But if you feel like you could be a little more bold and say, hey, do you got a church that you go to? This happened with me just a week and a half ago. I was driving up to Sonic at nighttime. It was the night shift. I was like the angel interrupting the shepherds at work. But I had something good to tell them, something great to tell them. We have a great story to interrupt these men at work. And I said, can I get a cherry limeade? And they said, yes. So I pull up to the window. They're handing me a cherry limeade. It's an older woman. And, and I said, uh, how are you doing? She said, not good. Had a bad day. She said, how about you? I said, I'm doing great. Had a great day. She said, good for you. I said, I'm okay. I said, can I tell you why though? And I, I'm grateful. God has done a great work in my life. She just kind of looked at me and was like, okay, here's your cherry limeade. And I said, do you have a church you go to? No. I moved here from Georgia a year ago and I haven't gone to church anywhere. I'm the manager here and I got to work all the time. I don't have time for church. And I had one of those Christmas invite cards and I'm so glad I did. Can I tell you, keep some of these in your car. Keep them in your car. Just put them in the side little uh, pocket of your car. Keep them in your wallet. You never know when you're gonna need one. I'm so glad I had one. If I didn't have one, I would have been upset at myself, but I had one. I pulled it out. I said, we're doing a Christmas play. There's five options. Saturday, 11 a.m., December 10th. Saturday, 5 p.m., December 10th, December 11th, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 6 p.m. I said, surely one of those times you're not working at Sonic. She said, okay, I'll try to go. Maybe that Sunday night I could do. So I'm thinking she's gonna come, hopefully. 
and maybe she's gonna give her life to Jesus. But, yes, but the main thing is I was obedient to do my part. And guys, all of us have a part to play. When you go to a party, there's a host. The host is the one that's in charge of inviting, including people, involving them, making them feel welcome, introducing them to others. This week, next week, let me just say this, if you're a member at this church every week, you're part of the host team. You and I, we're the hosts of this church. We've gotta invite people, we've gotta include people, we've gotta introduce people to each other, we've gotta pull them in, make them feel welcome. We are hosts. And that's our responsibility as Christians, to bring people into the family of God. Would you stand to your feet all over this place? How many of y'all received this message this morning? You've been invited to invite. Recently, there was a movie done on a true story. One of the first guys who had a conscientious objection to killing in war. In World War II, this guy was a medic and there was a moment where he ended up saving over 50 people's lives. And he was going into battle without a gun. Bullets are flying over his head. People had made fun of him in the military. They said, you don't belong here, man. Why aren't you gonna use a gun? This is ridiculous. You're gonna get killed. They beat him up, his own soldiers, his own teammates, the guys that he bunked with. But he stayed with it. He stayed in the military. And there he was with these guys and they were up against the enemy. The enemy was taking them out one by one. But this young guy kept climbing through the rubble as bullets are going over his head and he was saving people's lives, the same people that made fun of him, the same people that hurt him. And they were looking at him going, why are you saving my life? He had this conviction in his heart. He had to save more people. He kept going back and he, he kept saying, I gotta get one more. I gotta save one more. God, help me save one more life. God, help me save one more life one after another, saving his soldiers as, 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 as he's pulling them out of the enemy fire. You know, as Christians, that's our job, to save one more life, to save one more person from the fire, to deliver them out of that lifestyle of darkness and bondage. There are so many people in our city, 40% of our city is unchurched. Now, some of them believe in God, but they're not part of a church family. Maybe it's kind of like Jay's, Jay's situation, Jay Henderson. I used to watch him play basketball at ORU. But his son knew, mom and dad, you gotta come to victory. They had been going through a spiritually dry season. You know, there's a lot of people in our city that are spiritually dry. They're out of touch with church. They're out of touch with God. They know about the invitation, but they just need a personal invite. They need somebody to say, come sit with me at church. Jesus loves you, I love you, I'll take you to lunch afterwards. This week we have an opportunity to do that. I keep thinking about Luke 15, the lost sheep. Jesus was consumed with the ones who weren't here yet. And, and for Christians, sometimes we get comfortable with everybody who's already at the party. Because we're here, and we think, well that's what matters, I'm here but you have a responsibility. What you've seen and heard and felt and experienced is meant to be shared with others. You've been invited to invite. A Couple months ago, my son, he's been playing this game, hide and seek. 
And when he hides, I always sing this song to him that my dad used to sing to me when I would hide from my dad. Oh, where, oh, where is my little boy, Paul? But I say, Liam. Oh, where, oh, where is he? Oh, where, oh, where is my little boy, Liam? Oh, where, oh, where is he? There you are. And he, you know, laughs and you found me, daddy, you found me. He loves to be found, but he also loves to hide. And I think there's people in our city that are hiding. They're hiding. They know the father, but they're hiding out. And they're wondering, does God know my address? Does he know about me? Is he searching for me? Does he care that I'm not there? I know he invited the shepherds. I know he knows their address, but does he know about me? There's people that are wondering, have you forgotten about them? The prodigal son had left the father's house, but deep down in his heart, he was wondering, does dad still remember me? Does the house still remember me? There are people waiting to be found. My son, he was hiding with some people that we trust. They were watching him and Ash and I weren't there and they couldn't find him. And they started freaking out. They called us, they said, we can't find Liam. We don't know where it is. And, and then we started freaking out because we were helpless. We were out of town, we couldn't look for him. And so we start praying and crying. And a few minutes later, they call us back. They said, he was hiding behind the couch the whole time. And we were like, we were relieved. It was a very nerve wracking experience. We called the police. We did. There was 20 minutes where they couldn't find Liam and the doors were unlocked and they thought maybe he had walked outside. Maybe someone had drove up and man, I was imagining the worst situations and I had to cast down those thoughts and just pray. But I felt the heart of the father. I felt the heart of God. Cause in that moment, I didn't, I love my other son, Benaiah, but he was in the house. He was fine. He was found. I was consumed and concerned with Liam. What if those people that were watching would have said, hey, it's all good, we got one out of two. Benny's here, we're gonna be all right. <laughs> At least we got one that's found. Don't worry about the other one. No, I love Benny, but I was consumed with where's Liam, where's Liam? I need Liam in our house. I need him to be found. And can I tell you, God loves that you're here. He really does. He's glad that you found church. He's glad you found Jesus. He's glad you're in the family but he's consumed with the people you know are hiding out there in Tulsa that are lost. And he's saying, please wake up. There's a lost sheep. There's a lost son. There's a lost daughter. Don't give up. Don't stop the search and rescue. Keep looking, keep looking. Don't give up on the search and rescue. If I can save one more life. I want us just to bow our heads and close our eyes today. Maybe you're here and today you realize I need to accept the invitation into hope, into peace, into joy. I've been carrying my burdens. I, I know about God. I know about this, this salvation, this party, this banquet that everyone's been invited to, to know Jesus and his power, but I need to accept it today. I've been hiding. I've been lost. I've, I've been in church, but I haven't really stepped into that relationship with God and I want to today. I want to today. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you, just raise your hand all across this room. Today's your day to do it. God loves you so much. He knows you. He knows what you're going through. He cares about everything in your life, the details of your life. If you need that hope, that peace, that joy, today's your day to get it. Don't leave without it. 
Maybe you're watching online, you're ready to make that decision. Secondly, you're here today and you say, Paul, I have not been thinking about the lost. I haven't really been inviting people to church or to know Jesus. And today, something you've said has stirred it up in my heart to not give up, to not stop inviting, to not stop reaching out. I wanna start doing that. I wanna start sharing the good news with other people. If that's you, just raise your hand all across this room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's what I want us to do. I'm not gonna ask you to come down to this stage, but I'm gonna ask 100% of us, whether you're a member here or an attender, to take the challenge this week to invite someone to know Jesus. You don't even have to do all the talking. If you can invite them to church, I'll do my part. I'll give them a chance to receive Jesus in their heart. You get them here and I'll hook them in with Jesus. Let's work together, church. How many will take the challenge? 100% of us take the challenge to invite someone to know Jesus this week. Bring them to church or give them a card, leave it at the workplace, put it on their desk. Let's all do that. I wanna invite all of us to pray this prayer. If you raised your hand earlier, even if you didn't, let's all pray this prayer together. And after this prayer, when I dismiss, I'm gonna have time down here at this altar. I'd love to talk with, pray with anyone here today that needs prayer, needs hope, needs salvation. But all of us, let's pray this prayer together. And why don't we do this again? I know this is different for some of you, but would you hold hands with the person on your left and your right? And just say this with me, Jesus, I believe in you. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. Be my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sins and I receive your salvation. I accept the invitation to know you personally and make you known. I'm all yours, God. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, Victory. Let's go invite the world. Thank you for listening to Victory with Paul Doherty. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services. Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.